Hello, thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. Nineteen. I'm about to say that's kind of far. Page 19. Page 19 in the Pew Bibles. We'll turn our Bibles to Genesis 39. We'll be looking at verses 6 through 12. Now, what I did was I took this passage and I, I, I ripped out the, the beginning and the bottom. And we're just going to focus on this part that has to do with self-control. Okay, Genesis 39. And let me tell you what's going on here. Um, God's people, God's people. Um, was growing at this point in time. And you have this son that is born to this man that we all are familiar with, right? And Joseph has this coat that is made of many colors, right? His daddy showed favoritism to him. Joseph was his daddy's favorite, right? We don't have we don't show favoritism with our kids, do we? <laughs> Maybe. Only in our heads, right? Joseph, uh Joseph had a coat of many colors. His brothers became jealous of him. And they said, you know what? We don't like Joseph. Joseph is having these dreams. And he's talking about how everybody's going to bow down to him and how he's going to be on top. And we just don't want to deal with that thing. We don't want to deal with it at all because Joseph is unbearable to deal with. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kill Joseph. They decide to kill their own brother. Luckily, one of the brothers has a bigger heart and he says, okay, let's not kill him. And he convinces the other brothers to sell into slavery. Joseph is sold into slavery, right? And then he makes it into the house of a man named Potiphar. Makes it to the house of a man named Potiphar. And we'll pick up there this morning, okay? Um, Say amen if you're there at Genesis 39.6. Say hold on if you're still turning your pages. All right. Sounds like we all there. Genesis chapter 39, verse number six. The Bible reads, so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, Because of me, my master has no concern about anything in his house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as he and as she spoke to Joseph day after day, 
he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. Verse number 11. But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. This story of Joseph, we see a situation involving an actual person. I want you to remember that as we read this story. This isn't someone who is above who you are. Joseph is a regular human being, just like you are a human being. Joseph has needs. Joseph has desires. Joseph is just like you and I. But somehow Joseph overcomes this temptation that is put before him. And I want to take a look at a couple of things in this passage, and then the message will be yours, okay? Let us take a look back at Joseph in verse number 6. What does the Bible say there, Brother Arnold? Genesis 39, verse number 6. So he left all that he had in Joseph's house. Charge. So he left all that he had, what? In Joseph's charge. Now I want you to understand what's going on here. Joseph, being in that position that he was in as a slave, being given a position in the house of Potiphar, Potiphar then said, Joseph, you know what? You're a pretty good fellow. I'm going to give you a lot of responsibility, and you're going to be second in my house up under me. Why is that a point that I'm bringing out here? Why is that a point? Why, what, what good does that do us today in this time that Joseph was given responsibility by his master, given a role by his master? And how that's applicable to us today is, is that each and every one of us who call ourselves followers of God, Christians, we have been given a responsibility by God, a role by God. Amen. The hands, the feet, yeah. the mouth of yeah. God is who we are. And we pass the gospel message on to the world. And God has given us a great responsibility and he expects for us to do it. It says that God has hope in us. These earthly vessels who sin, who make mistakes, who don't always get it right. God has trusted us with a great responsibility, just like Joseph was trusted with a responsibility. And so God set this thing up so Joseph could have this responsibility. And it said what? And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Joseph didn't have to worry about anything. He had a pretty good master at this point in time. He was given responsibility. He didn't have to worry about things. But then verse number six ends with something that's going to set up the whole story. What does it say there at the end of verse number six? Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Joseph looked good. That's what it said there. I'm not saying another man looked good. I'm just saying that's what the Bible is saying. It says that Joseph looked good. He looked good. He, he, was a, he, he, he was a person that had to work, so he probably was in shape. Maybe had some pork chop sideburns. I don't know. But Joseph looked good. Why does that, why, what, what good does that do us here today? And, I, and, and when I was reading this, I'm like, okay, why did, they, why did they put this in here? That Joseph looked good. And this is, this is what I got. Sometimes you are made perfectly for the situation that you're about to be put into. 
you know how sometimes it feels as though the situations that you're in that, that cause you the most trouble, you were just perfectly made for. It's like you attract trouble. Joseph is about to attract some trouble. And it's not because he did anything wrong. He was just born good looking. And it's not that we've done anything wrong. But sometimes we're going to face some trouble. Sometimes we're going to face temptation. Sometimes we're going to face desires because I want you to understand that sin is not always going to look disgusting. Oftentimes sin looks pretty good. It's appealing or else we wouldn't sin at all. Unless something was wrong with us up here. So Joseph, this handsome, good looking in form and appearance. That means he had a good looking body and he was pretty good looking uh, facial features as well. He was about to face a situation. But what we need to understand is this. Before we move on, I want you to understand that when we face these tough times in our life. Our master is the best master. And it's not for our undoing. But it is for our growth. Amen. Let's keep that in mind. Verse number seven. What does the Bible say there? And after a time, his master's wife. And it says after a time, after he'd been working for Potiphar for some time, what happened? His master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph. She started to look at Joseph. She said, "Mm, mm, mm, good. Look at Joseph. And then what happened? And on Joseph and said, lie with me. And she said, lie. And then she's not telling Joseph not to tell the truth, y'all. Okay? So y'all can read between the lines here. She's not saying a lie, but she says, let's commit the sin of adultery. Now, I want you to understand, there's this thing that is within all of us. We have an appetite. Right? We have desires. There are things that look good to us. Right? And sometimes there's nothing wrong with the things that we desire, right? But when those desires come up against the will of God and God says, don't do that thing. That's whenever they become temptations. And when we act on those temptations, that's when they become sin. And you know that sin gives birth to death and separation from God. There's nothing wrong with sex outside of are within the confines of marriage. But so whenever you go outside of marriage, right? There's nothing wrong with eating, but it's whenever you're overeating and indulging in more than what you need. There's nothing wrong with having things, but there is something wrong with wanting to have what your neighbor has. It's coveting, right? There's something wrong with not being content with what you have, right? So we see these things that aren't inherently bad, but whenever they come up against the will of God, and God said, you can go this far, but you can't go that far, we have to make a decision. We got to make a decision at that point. Are we going to be pleasing of ourselves? Are we going to please God? And so she sees Joseph, and she casts her eyes on him, and she says, Joseph, I want you to come and lie with me. Lie with me. Joseph is a human being, a man. 
who has faced a whole lot of hard times and bad luck. And a lot of us, when put in this situation, that might have been the end of this chapter. Some of us might have said, okay. And you may look at the situation and say, okay, I wouldn't have failed for that. But what is it that causes you to lose your control? What is it that causes you to lose your self-control and causes you to be, go beyond the point that God has set for you to go? Think about that thing. Put yourself in that situation and ask yourself, if I was giving complete access, given anonymity to where nobody knows that I'm about to do the thing that I desire the most that God doesn't want me to do, would I do that thing? Because he's dealing with something right now, something serious. Because men are visual creatures. But verse 8 tells a good story about Joseph. What does verse number 8 say? But he refused. It says that Joseph refused. And said to his master's wife. And he said to his master's wife. Behold. He said, behold. He says, look up. Look here. Look here. Wife of Potiphar. We don't get her name. Look here, wife. He said, I got to do some explaining to you because you're telling me to do something that I can't do. What does he say? He says what? Because of me, uh-huh. my master has no concern about anything in the house. He says, I've been a good servant to my master. I've done good to my master. He put me in a position and I've been a good servant to him. Keep reading. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He gave me a lot of responsibility to take care of the things that I need to take care of. Uh-huh. He is not greater in this house than I am. Uh-huh. Nor has he kept back anything he from me. He said he's never kept anything back from me. He's been except, good to me. Keep reading. Except you. Uh-huh. Because you are his wife. He said the only thing that my master has kept back from me is you. Wait, pause. The only thing that my master has kept back from me is you. That is a great illustration of what God is. Do you remember the garden when they're in the Garden of Eden? They're given everything that they need. God says, I want you to have dominion over everything, and I want you to multiply and make life and and, and just take care of the earth. And then in the garden, God placed two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God says you can have of every fruit-bearing tree, which seems to be inclusive of the tree of life, which would have meant eternal life with God. But they chose the one thing that he said not to go to, that he said not to indulge in. And we're in the same boat, right? Because God has given us as Christians salvation. He says, heaven is yours and eternity with me is yours if you stay faithful. But sometimes that unfaithful, that unfaithful thing in you. Y'all remember those cartoons where you had the angel and the demon on the shoulders? Sometimes that that demon over on your shoulder starts getting in your ear, chatting, and the things look good to you that's not supposed to. And we choose it. But here he says, you've given me everything. Your husband has given me charge of everything. The only thing that's kept from me is you. And what does he say? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So this is what Joseph does. Joseph said, look. Your husband has given me A, B, C through Z. What he did was he counted the cost. And when we're facing a situation, think about that situation that you were just thinking about. That thing that you struggle with, 
that thing that you keep constantly having to pray, God, God, just take this out away from me because I can't handle this thing. I can't stop yelling at my spouse. I can't stop talking trash to my kids. I can't stop stealing. I can't stop gossiping. These things, these things that tempt me all the time. I have a desire to do that. I know I'm not right, God. When we face those things in our lives, we have got to count the cost. Joseph counted the cost. He said, my master has given me so much. How can I take this one thing? God has given you so much. How can you risk it all over this one thing? And it's easy to say right now when we're not in that moment where we're facing it. But we have to build our minds to start seeing things that way. Count the cost with everything that you do. Count the cost. Do I need? Is this what God wants? And then after he counts the cost, he said, also, in addition to my master being good, he says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Consider God when you're facing that thing that you want to fall into, the thing that you want to give into. Consider God. Will God be pleased with me in my actions? Will God be happy with me if I go through with this thing that I'm about to go into that I really, really want to do, but I know that I'm not supposed to do? Is God going to be pleased? Go to verse 9. Read verse 9 again. He is not greater in this house than I am. Mm -hmm. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. Mm -hmm. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So here he's successful. He faces temptation, and he wins. And there are going to be victories for you when you face temptation. There's going to be victory for you when you face some of your desires that you have trouble with that go against the will of God. But you can't forget that we're going up against somebody who is persistent. So let's look at the next verse here, verse number 10. Let's see what happens. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day. Look at what's happening here. Joseph already said no. He says no means no. But he says that the wife keeps going day after day after day. She is after this good looking man. Wives, think about how good looking your husband is. How he used to be. That's how good looking Joseph was. Well, she kept after him day after day after day, coming after Joseph, trying to get him to give in. She said, I don't care about you counting the cost. I don't care about you thinking about God. I want what I want. And I want it now. Like that commercial. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, after hearing the pleading from his wife, he said, he would not listen to her. He would not listen to, to her. To lie beside her or to be with her. He said, look, I'm not going to do it. Right? I'm not going to do this evil thing against God and sin against my master. Keep reading. But one day. But it says, but one day. When he went into the house to do his work. Uh-huh. And none of the men of the house were there in the house. Mm -hmm. She caught him by his garment saying. Pause right there. Pause right there. I want you to understand. This one day part in verse number 11. Even whenever you're faithful. Because this is something that we get confused about. 
Because we think that when we're faithful, we won't have to face trials and tribulations and that we won't meet hard times in our lives. But as you see in this example right here, Joseph was faithful day after day. He's telling this woman, no. But Satan will still make time to cause some havoc or wreak some havoc in our lives. You understand that? He will still make time to cause problems in your life. We are not exempt from troubles as followers of God. But there is a difference that we'll point out here in just a moment from us in the world. Uh, verse 11 again, he says, uh, uh, but one day when he went into the house to do his work, he's about his business, right? And, None and of the men of the house was there in the house. You see how Satan set this up? He made it to where nobody was in the house but him and that wife. And sometimes Satan will set the scenario up with the allowance of God to where you will have nobody around who knows that you're supposed to be doing right. Well, Chris usually is around this area, but I know today he's at camp this week. <laughs> but my wife isn't around, so maybe I can. Right? That's the type of situation he's in right now. Verse number 12. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. See this, see this in your head real quick. See this in your head real quick. Joseph is in there doing his work. The wife comes. She grabs his clothes. He ain't stopped being good looking. Okay. Probably a young man. She grabs his clothes. Probably smells good. Probably had her hair did. And she says, Goodness gracious. This is extreme. She's, this is next level tempting she's doing here. She grabbed a hold of his garment and tells him, lie with me, Joseph. What happens? But he left his garment in her hand. Joseph took off. She had his garment in his hand. Joseph said, I got to get out of here. He ran and fled and got out of the house. Amen. And I say this to say this. There are times that we're going to be successful in not submitting to the will of the adversary, to the devil. But there is going to be some times whenever it's going to be hot in that kitchen. Amen. And you don't have to get out of town and allow God to handle the situation. Amen. I know that you're strong. I know that you're capable of handling, but sometimes you just got to get out of a situation before you get into trouble. Because we got to understand that we are human. We make mistakes. We have flaws. And what's so sad about this story is, is how it ends, or how it continues rather, because it doesn't end badly. Her husband believed her. She went and told her husband, Joseph's been trying to talk to me. Got him in trouble, threw him in prison. Joseph's got to be thinking like, man, God, I was relying on you to take care of the situation. I might as well went ahead and did it. All right. We've been there before. Amen. God, I've been faithful to you. I might as well have done those bad things that I was going to do when I didn't do it. When we don't even know that God lays the best weeds. Y'all remember that a couple of weeks ago. What God did was God said, okay, they think they're doing evil to Joseph, him being in prison. I'm going to put a good weave. 
into place. And I'm going to make this thing to where he won't just be second in command to Potiphar, but he's going to be second in command to the king. And he's going to save his family. And he's going to make sure that the promise that I gave to Abraham will come to fruition through Jesus Christ. All right. And we've got to understand the same thing. Uh, get for me real quick. First uh, Corinthians uh, 10, 13. I didn't have this on the slide right here, but I think this is this will fit here. First Corinthians 10, 13. I think that's I think that's it. First Corinthians 10, 13. Whoever gets there first, read that. No temptation. There we go. Paul here is speaking to the church at Corinth and he says, no temptation. This temptation that he's talking about is the thing that you desire that you want to give into. First Corinthians 10, 13. What does it say? No temptation. No temptation. Has overtaken you. No temptation has overtaken you, has overpowered you. Come on. That is not common to man. That is not common to man. God, it says God is faithful, is faithful. God is faithful. God is going to continue to be your God. God is going to continue to be the good master. God is going to continue to be the deliverer. So even when you face temptation, even when you've been doing what you're supposed to be doing, even whenever you fall, when you've been doing good, it says that God is faithful. Keep reading. And and he will not he will not let you be uh-huh. tempted beyond your ability. He won't let you be tempted beyond your ability. Understand that the things that you are tempted with, you can overcome. God is not going to put something on you that you can't handle. But sometimes we got to realize that there are some situations that we need to handle with God. Joseph had to run and say, God, you take care of the rest because I can't keep being in this house. I need to get out of town real quick. I need to run. We need to understand that we don't handle things by ourselves. All things we handle with God. But sometimes we need to just let God take care of. Say, God, take care of my lightweight. Self-control. We see it in the life of Joseph here in this this brief uh, chapters here. Where Joseph relies on God. Joseph realized that he had a responsibility to God. Just as we have a responsibility to God as Christians. Joseph realized also that when he faced his weakness. When he's facing the weakness or when he's facing the desired temptation that he could not handle. You got to get out of there. And Joseph also counted the cost and he considered God. That is what we must do. If we want to handle and be self-controlling people, have self-control, we got to count the cost. We got to consider God. We got to pray to God. And we got to realize when we can't handle what it is that's in front of us, and let God do it. What if in our community we had self-control? Think about, I'm not talking about just this community. I'm, thinking, I'm talking about where you live. What if we had self-control and we showed that to our neighbors? We didn't go off on them when they parked in our driveway. All right? 
We didn't let them have it when they accidentally picked up your, your mail, opened it, then brought it back to you. What if we show self-control in our communities? What if we show self-control in the church? What if we have self-control in the church? What if we count the cost before we said that thing that we think we need to say? What if we consider God before we did the thing that we were about to do in the church? What if in this city of temple, all Christians had self-control? We didn't go off on people because they support Donald Trump on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We didn't judge before all evidence come out. Because that's what culture we live in today. You're guilty until you're proven innocent now. But what if we had self-control and didn't do those things? Joseph had a good master in the story who gave him pretty good position. But whenever things got hot and it was Joseph against his wife, he chose his wife. But I want you to understand that we serve an even better master. A master who is always faithful. A master who sent his son down here to die for our sins. The thing that you must ask yourself is, do I believe it? Do I truly believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God? Will I act upon that belief system and say, I want to change? I don't want to be the same person that I have been. That's what repentance is. That means that you change your heart, your mind, so that you can truly change your actions. You must make the confession publicly that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It cost him his life, and it'll cost us our lives, but in a different way. We won't lose our physical lives. We just lose who we used to be. Some of us used to be a lot of bad things in our past. A lot of bad things. I talked about it last week. I used to be somebody who had a filthy mouth. If the person who I was years ago was to come in here today, he he would say, you shouldn't even been talking about God's word because of the words that I used to use, the language that I used to use. Me being like Joseph and choosing to follow Satan, engaging in fornication. Being a hypocrite. That's what I used to be. But God can change us. God can change us. And when we meet the blood of Jesus Christ, it has the power to wash all of that away. We meet the blood of Jesus Christ through baptism. The word baptism literally means to be buried. That's what it means in its original language. In the Greek, baptisma means to be buried. If we are buried for the remission of our sins, everything that we've done in our past, I don't care how dirty and how bad it was, God washes it away. It makes you a new person. And when the day of judgment comes and you face God on the day of judgment and you have to give an account about what you've done in your life, everything prior to baptism, God doesn't even see it. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone here can take advantage of that. If you'd like to take advantage of baptism and become a Christian today, if you would like to ask for prayers today, I invite you to do so as we sing the song of invitation.